2: Your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. We're back live, Star Talk, San Diego Comic Con 2012. Two special guests. We've got. The bad astronomer, Phil Plait. Friend and colleague. Phil, love to have you. Love you, man. It's great to be here. Love you, man. I love doing this show. Gary Bate, Tech gadget extraordinaire. Writes about tech gadgets for? Sound and Vision Magazine. Sound and Vision Magazine. Very cool. For this hour, I just want to talk about gadgets that we still need. Not ones that exist today, but ones we wish already existed or we think might be a little just beyond our horizon. Why not start with some movie gadgets? Well, I'm going to jump right off of that. I'm going right to Star Trek. Star Trek, well, okay, no, go go I'm going to ask you guys, seriously, as scientists, what I'm about to say? are we 20 years away, 50 years away, or 1,000 years away from teleportation? Have oh, you, come you're on, when you're, sitting in, to <laughs> me? All
3: right.
2: when you're sitting in the L.A. airport on your way to yeah. New York, don't you dream of going in the William Shatner cubicle mm-hmm. And teleporting to New York,
0: maybe a Patrick Stewart cubicle, but uh, yeah,
2: Well, so there's a difference. There's the teleportation room, but all you really need is your own portable wormhole that you can yeah. dial in a location. Right. And then you just travel, and then you don't have to decompose yourself right. and hope that you, you, yeah. you reassemble correctly on the other side. So how do you, where do you get a wormhole?
0: Well, in Star Trek, they always talk about we're going to convert you from matter into energy, which we can then, you know, send off as a beam or something to some other place. And the problem with that is you convert your mass into energy. That would be an explosion larger than every nuclear bomb on the planet.
2: That would be bad. Right, so the energy contained by E equals mc squared in all of atoms would take out this quadrant of Earth. Yes.
0: Yes. That would be
2: bad. On the other
0: hand, there is an equation that describes the way you're constructed, and if you could write out that equation exactly, then I could redefine you someplace else. The problem is that's sort of impossible.
2: Well, if that's the case, then you don't have to lose him here. You just duplicate him in another place if the equations define it. So that's then you could just—that's just, essentially a clone. Unless
0: right. there's a term in the equation for location. Ooh, Ooh I don't know. I'm making this Ooh. up. right so, so, so
2: that's like right, because he is only himself here at this time and yep. place, that's got to be part of the data. Yeah, space yeah, yeah, and yeah. time and... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's a great writer's tool. Writer's that's tool. Absolutely. So they don't have to keep landing the ship back right. and forth. But it's impossible? Do you guys feel it's impossible? Yeah, yeah I hate to use I, I, that word. Yeah, right? yeah. I would say a 1,000 years or more. But okay, but it's... Uh, how many in, years would you say?
0: 1,001. One. Price is right, right? If, I go in, the $1 year, no. okay. if in the year 1850, in the year
2: 1850, which is... 170 years ago, if I'd have walked up to somebody and I told them that, forget about the telephone and the telegraph and the television and all that stuff, that we're going to have devices where through some weird thing in the sky, we can look at each other and communicate that way, that would have seemed as outrageous as what I just told you. Okay, so, no, no, Uh, if you come a little later, like 1890s, because by then we had the telegraph and so we knew how to use electromagnetic energy to send information, and if you said The day will come where all the information in the world will be transmittable in this way, you could essentially extrapolate to that point. There's no way we can extrapolate to a teleporter.
0: Right. That doesn't break the laws of physics or engineering. But a teleporter, as we understand physics right now, a little dicey. It's kind of like faster than light travel. Uh, Using a wormhole to create a wormhole and go through it, Physics says that doesn't work as we understand physics right now. Now, Star Trek was what, the
2: 23rd century? Depending on which one like, you're talking first, about. Yeah, but yeah, Yeah, whatever, a couple right. hundred years it's A couple hundred years ahead. So, what I'm entertained by are the gadgets they had that we invented and now we're beyond them. Right, yeah, that's <laughs> right. The Macintosh disc, I mean, those
0: little well, colored those little discs, discs that they yeah, used, Spock had them, right? Yeah. And
2: I've just been re-watching with my kids from the beginning, the first series, and they talk about storing data on tapes. Mm -hmm. And so that itself we're past. When I first saw Star Trek, the most unbelievable part of it to me was not the warp drives or the photon torpedoes or the transporter. It was that you could just walk up to a door and (laughs) it would open. I said, well, how does it know? It doesn't know. Yeah, but th- I'm unimpressed by that because a year after that show, they were able to do that at my local ANP. Well, uh, ah, but, <laughs> but they were those pressure shoes, sensitive. Um, pressure?
0: Yeah. Or they're infrared sensitive, right? right? What if it's a weightless being that is at room temperature? And it's just waiting for somebody to walk up and open the door for it. A weightless being at
2: room temperature <laughs> would not be able to open the door. Yeah? <laughs> How would the thing detect it? No, it no, need no, 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 no. The infrared is not ch- detecting your thermal radiation. I
0: know, it's breaking it's, it's, the. It's no, it's just
2: reflecting the, 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 the light, yeah. like your it's remote control. Okay, it's an infrared
0: absorbing alien. Okay, right. But, but I, can keep, I can keep doing this. Well, okay, I'm, then plug, plug that plug alien, alien ain't
2: walking through the door. <laughs> yeah. All right. But when you talk about future gadgets, one of the <laughs> I'm things. I'm okay with that. One of the things that I. How come in my house it never has come to a handprint on the door to open things up or a thumbprint on the door? It could be. But why hasn't that gone on? I mean, it's the technology's right? there. Bio, biometrics, actually. Yeah, but suppose you eat and can't, you know. How often you have to clean yeah. the surface yeah. of your iPad? Because of gunk. Yeah. I love I love those movies where they cut off the guy's thumb and they yeah, keep... Exactly, they yeah, exactly, well, What's the one where they took yeah. the guy's eye? Yeah. In, in, a, in a baggie? Yeah, and that for, was the, nasty. for the retina? What? And for me, I slice
0: my hands up all the time. I'm a complete klutz. So this thing would constantly... I'd have to actually program it to say... Well, what about, oh, yeah, I, what about stain, eye recognition? What about eye recognition? Do you
2: remember the scene in 2001, the movie, where it's such a... A romance of the future right. that as he's coming onto the space station, he has to go into the secure area, says, Welcome to voice print identification. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. state your name, Christian name first, it's, given name like, second. Yeah, that's right. And then he says it, and it, thank you, voice print. Ident-. And so, so, and they took five minutes to just relish in the voice print that, identification. By the way, that movie's very ambitious because 2001 came it didn't look anything like that. <laughs> I did, yeah, that's true. Exactly really well, actually, AT&T was out of business. Howard Johnson's was out of business. Pan Am. Pan Am, yeah, right? Yeah. But we did have a shuttle. Mm-hmm.
0: But you'll notice on the ship, when they're going to Jupiter, I believe this is true, they had little flat screen computers that sat on. No, they were in the
2: headrests, in the back headrests. So they, they, they were they iPads.
0: Those, but there were some that were sitting on a, on a, on a, on a countertop or oh, something. Okay. And yeah, they looked just like iPads. And it makes you kind of wonder if maybe you know Steve Jobs or whatever was looking
2: at that going. Well, listen, we all had access to the movie. He yeah. Thought yeah, of it. yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what that's what it takes. So what else from Star Trek you want? Oh, you want the teleporter, we don't have it. Sorry. I want to figure out a way to not sit in traffic. How to See? not sit in traffic? Move to some place where you don't have to sit in traffic. Be a but blogger. Be fun. I never have to leave my house. I, I always had I always had this dream that like I work in the city and I live in Connecticut. I always had this dream. The that city, New York City. New York City. I, that I would get in my car and I would hit some buttons and via some sort of magnet underneath the ground or whatever, that I could like put my chair back, and it would just take me home. We could do that. That's not an unimaginable future. Right. In fact, it can take you home faster than you can drive it, because a computer can take you faster with greater precision than a right. human. And there's no accidents, because if, theoretically, right.
0: if the grid is being run exactly. correctly. That is just a simple computing power
2: thing, right? Let's talk it, more about that, because I think Google designed yeah. a car that would be undriven. And un... When we come back to Star Talk. More on Gadgets of the Future. Dateline, San Diego, Comic-Con 2012. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host of StarTalk. Today we're talking about gadgets we always wish we had, gadgets of the future, gadgets imagined by creative science fiction writers and represented, demonstrated on the unlimited, infinite palette of cinema. And I've got with me the bad astronomer Phil Plate. I've got Gadget Man Gary right here. Gary, welcome to Star Talk. Thank you. And so let's let's talk about Star Wars. There's all these Star Wars characters walking up and around here. And Star Wars, they got the lightsaber, they got they got droids. Hey, did you have any you're a gadget guy, dude? Was anything they used that you felt you wanted or should have we want to invent? I gotta think about that. There's nothing that's jumping out at me. That, because I'm, I'm more of the audio visual stuff, but uh, Well you know you know what I did well well okay, how about the, the, the holographic uh, movie thing, right? Oh so so now what would you use that for? Would you use that to send a message to somebody the way they do in the movie? I guess so, but remember when they did it in the movie, you didn't actually have to look at them. It was just an audio what mattered was the audio. Right. Right? To right. me they're just trying know, to show off that they could do. I a thought, I thought it was sort of confirmation that you were actually getting it from the right person. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? In other words, oh, like, instead good. of making a fake audio thing, you oh. can see that it's the right person. You know, my favorite part of that, is that whole thing. That's thing. good. So, that's the future equivalent of the the ring stamp on the sealing wax. wax. Right, yeah, right, right. yeah exactly very right. good.
0: Yeah. My favorite part of that whole thing is at the end you see Princess Leia look because, right, the, the Empire's coming, and she turns the thing off. And it's like, you know no time to edit this? I mean, she was getting away and sending it off. I think, you know, maybe. I guess the Empire was right on her. But you see that a lot in YouTube videos now. So they were you know, fairly well ahead of the time there, Now, one yeah. of my
2: issues was with c 3 c- pl Because, you know, he's a robot, right? But a robot doesn't have to look like a human. Well, The I human form is really poor at so many tasks. But, look at him. He can't even run. Well, but there are a lot of different robots in that movie some smaller some bigger they've run the gamut that's true. and I do think that there are some things that a human robot a wh- humanoidal robot yeah. you know just functionality with yeah. handshaking and the way they hand things to
0: you remember he's a protocol droid and most of the aliens in Star Wars are humanoid so you want to see something that looks familiar but doesn't get into the uncanny valley and freaks you out so he's vaguely humanoid you can talk to him relate to, to him I do
2: freak out anybody at that time given what everybody looked like in the bar exactly
0: that's true and on the other hand you know What's the favorite Android or the favorite robot in Star Wars? Right, everybody loves R two D two, which is basically squeaked. a trash can. Right. Yeah. Right. And and everybody, well, not everybody hates C three P O, but he's irritating. It's his character, so it doesn't really work out the way maybe you'd expect.
2: All right. What else did you want? let's so how about this, the lightsabers? I have issues with the lightsaber. In fact, I tweeted once about it. I mean, if it's light, you can't have light block light. Light is not space filling. So two lightsabers right. would just pass through one another. That doesn't mean we couldn't make it powerful enough to decapitate you right. or to punch a hole in you. It could still be a dangerous weapon, but you wouldn't be able to have a sword fight with two beams of light. And then someone said, "Oh well, yeah. it reflects back and it's got some magic goo in it yeah. that solidifies." But I thought that was that was a lame comeback.
0: There's a lot, uh, a lot of literature on the web, of course, about how lightsabers work. And
2: and I and was you really think... would call it literature.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I...
2: A lot, of, a lot of fanboy there's a, there's a lot nerdery. of encyclopedia
0: yeah. uh, knowledge on something that doesn't exist and how it yes, works. Yes, exactly. And, and I always think, well, maybe the name is just wrong. Maybe they just call it a lightsaber. It doesn't mean it's made of light. If it's a force field that comes out and is filled with a plasma or something like that, then they, they will interact with each other. But if it interacts with you, it'll slice your head off. So you can off.
2: imagine a plasma containing some ingredients that suspends it within or a, the plasma.
0: Or magnetic field or something like right.
2: that. Yeah, you could, two magnetic field lines, you'd have a hard time crossing those. That's true. That's interesting.
0: That's true. Magnetic That's fields, you know,
2: the lines never cross. Right. You've never seen a bar magnet with magnetic fields crossing. With you know, with, with iron filings on it. Remember from school? Right. They always have a beginning and an end, and they don't touch each other at any time.
0: And if you try to cross these two things, things. they I might mean, repel each other.
2: They, wouldn't, they wouldn't, And in fact, on the sun... We may be onto something here. On the sun, the sun has explosions, flares, and sunspots, and all kinds of turbulent activity when the magnetic field that's embedded within the gas... I don't know if you know, the sun does not rotate as a solid ball. I mean, it's gas, but the, the equator rotates faster than other regions of the, of the ball. So that, in fact magnetic fields that are in the gas wrap up on each other and they start coiling and it reaches a breaking point where it busts free from the surface of the sun and it takes plasma and flings it into space with it and so magnetic fields don't like getting messed with and so i bet we can work on this
0: i'll call an engineer I'm getting lost,
2: man. I'm we'll getting call lost. you back. Magnets, Magnets? How do they work? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a magnet. Magnets, right. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so, what else from Star Wars? Well,
0: you know, just any kind of spaceship would be awesome to be able to actually go and yeah, see their these things. Yeah, these spaceships are just too. kind of hovering
2: there. You know, I mean, I mean, the, sorry, not the spaceship. The speeders. The speeders, yeah, yeah. They just hover. They didn't say how. They didn't say
0: why. Uh, but you know, we have that technology now. Just a magnetic levitation? Yeah, the Meissner effect, which is where you have a superconducting magnet, where you actually, you're sort of freezing the magnetic field into two things. And so you can have a magnet that, you usually have to dip these in liquid nitrogen and they're really cold, but sometimes you don't have to. And you can put these two magnets together and then just let go and they'll float. Now if you try to do that with just two regular magnets, they flop around. But if you freeze the magnetic field in, it's like you've locked them together. And you can actually take this magnet and spin it, and it'll spin in place. And it is the freakiest thing you've spin ever the seen. Spin in place just in the air. Just sitting there, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. And you could you could actually build a hoverboard or or a car that. a right. hoverboard from
2: Back to the Future.
0: Yeah. So if you had but, but that gets very complicated because then you're trying to move something,
2: and you it's not always an over that. another magnet. Yeah. What happened to the speed of travel? That's one of the things in the movie. So we got to a point where we had the SST. We stopped going faster. Why? It's
1: I'm, hard. Expensive. I am pissed off. No, but I mean, I know
2: the SST wasn't cost effective. And they went out of business. Right. But I would like to think that we've gotten to a place where we can sort of recreate that in a more cost effective way, in a more comfortable. Remember, I never flew on. You you know part of the reason why the SST went out of business. Yeah. Part of the reason it was uncomfortable. But well, no, no. It was. Part of the reason was it wasn't our airplane. And so we did not allow the Concorde to fly Europe residents at supersonic speeds to the west coast. We said, you cannot fly supersonic over our land. It wasn't our airplane. And so, all you could do is just cross the pond, that's it. Right. And then, you know, all right, it takes two and a half hours instead of seven. But now with the internet on the airplane, I don't even care how fast the plane goes. It's true, I just watch movies all the time now, right? <laughs> or I'm writing. But you make an important point and I'm angered by that because we imagine the future as the time when you would continue ever to go faster right. and faster right. and faster. And we got there and then we stopped. And well. you know what the natural limit of that would be? Suborbital flight. Yes. So suborbital yes, flight. Where
0: I was going. Suborbital terror. flight. Here's how Sharing it goes. Sharing
2: a brain here. Yeah. Here's how it goes. So orbit takes about 90 minutes. Space shuttle, space station, 90 minutes to orbit the Earth. That means that you're never more than 45 minutes from any two places on Earth. Okay. If a full orbit is an hour and a half. So wherever you want to go, if you go suborbital, you get there in 45 minutes. So I want to do a day trip to Tokyo. That's something I would have liked to have enjoyed today, and we can't do that. Right. I would love that, except I would have to get into a rocket and be blasted into space. But yeah, you around 100 years ago, they said, so oh, I'd have to get into a plane and get
0: blasted into the atmosphere. Yeah, and, and riding on planes sucks. But well, back then, yeah, a lot of people died back then. But again, going back no to the whole, again, that's a
2: technicality. Going back to the whole travel thing again, when you travel a lot, like I still want the thing from Total Recall. Why can't we just walk past a screen? Why do I have to stop and put my arms up? Do all this. Why can't we walk past the screen? You really want to start talking about TSA here? I do.
0: <laughs> really? You're feeling unviolated on this trip?
2: Mike, so what we need is a device that, here's the problem. We're in a system where everybody's presumed to be guilty. Okay. That, but it, the, it was like that in the, in the movie, right. and everybody walked past that screen, and you could see what was what. And you, and you could saw the it. bones, and the exactly. Yeah. Right. exactly, right, exactly. Isn't know, that kind of what this thing is? What, what do you call that machine you're going to? Yeah, I think it is, but it's but it's ridiculously slow. You know, my
0: wife says that the reason they're well, doing this is to get us used to holding our hands up. <laughs> so when they come to get us, we'll just do this automatically. <laughs> when they come yeah. to serve, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> All right, so so I know I'm gonna lose you after this segment. So other than. Instant travel. Is some other handheld gadget you think needs to be invented? Um, you stump me. I, I can't really think of of. of I, I
0: don't have the answer. Wouldn't you want your own Death Star?
2: <laughs> I mean, sure worries me. Yeah,
0: it's not number one yes. on the list. So the answer is yes.
2: <laughs> I want the ability to read women's minds. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's gonna be good. That that would make social you, life really efficient. Have you tried listening? Have you tried being sensitive? Yeah. That's so 1890s. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> well, Gary, thanks for hanging out on Star Talk I'm with us. It was a lot of fun. And I'm going to find you again in New York okay. or Connecticut. I, I, I'll, I'll find where you're hiding. There's Next gadgets there's come there's around. I want to get a full report. Okay. All right, it's man? So cool. Nice to meet you. Excellent. Thank you. Take care, man. Nice to meet you. Great thanks. to meet you. Star Talk Radio will be back in just a moment with a conversation with the bad astronomer. And we're going to talk more about gadgets in the future. See you in a moment.
3: Games rated E for everyone.
2: Welcome back to Star Talk, live San Diego Comic Con. Comic Con 2012, baby. I I got my friend and colleague, Phil Plate, the bad astronomer. If you're the bad astronomer, then I gotta be the badass astronomer. But I yeah, want to do that only you with know, your permission.
0: We need to settle this uh, one of these days, one way or another. uh Oh, he's calling me out! All right, here we go. Arm wrestle. No, you'll lose that. Yeah, we I gotta, know. We gotta, <laughs> I'm gonna lose that. Are you, oh, God. <laughs> that are you was audacious me? of you, yes, though. I know. <laughs>
2: That's like <sighs> the, the you know the little dog that just says. A, with the big with the big bar. Right. We'll, we'll find some way.
0: The Star Trek trivia
2: contest. We'll find, figure something out. Okay. We'll find it. So we were talking. <laughs> we've been talking about gadgets, and but you took it up a notch. Over the break, you were talking about whatever gadget it is that could destroy a planet, such as the Death Star does. Right. And did you do a calculation about this?
0: Yeah, it's actually not that hard.
2: You need a little bit of physics. But basically... Because what it's doing is, it completely destroys all the material connectivity of the solid object. Why would you need to do that? You know, a 10-mile-wide asteroid
0: Pretty much takes care of a planet pretty well. It'll At least care the of surface, surface, the surface life. It'd wipe out everything on the every, know, every living and, thing on the surface. And certainly thirty or forty miles across would do it. But to completely blow up a planet—that's a terror device. It's overkill.
2: Yeah, there's no reason yeah.
0: to do it unless you're trying to scare the crap out of somebody. I mean, it's
2: kind of like a nuclear weapon in today's standards of war.
0: Yeah, and it turns out, well, first of all, you don't need to do it, and also it's almost impossible. You could take a, something the size of Mars and hit the Earth with it. And not completely destroy it. To, to completely destroy a planet, think about it. Right, you've got this planet here, and you take a rock, and you have to fling that rock off to infinity.
2: All that, the rocks in the planet. And you have to keep doing to get, that, get, right? Get, okay. Yeah,
0: and, and look at what it took to get you know three guys to the moon. It took this giant rocket. So it takes a huge amount of energy to do this. And when you calculate it, it's like more energy than the sun puts out. It's some outrageously huge number. So you can't just blow up a planet.
2: So what? So what you did was calculate the binding energy of mm-hmm. the planet. And if you pump more energy than the binding energy into the planet, it'll explode in the way the Death Star destroys yeah. the planet.
0: Yeah, It's like breaking a stick. The molecules are bound together. You snap, unbind it. That takes some amount of energy.
2: All right, and so the whole yeah. unbinding of the planet, so that's just overkill. So, yeah. but this is the future. A lot of other things happen in it that we just accept, including sound in space. So why don't you accept that their Death Star can kill a planet? Well, if... If it's just trying to, like, throw a beam at the planet and
0: blow it up, that doesn't work. But you can think of other ways this might do it. For example, if this beam actually converts 1% of the planet into antimatter, boom, right? That's going to blow the planet up. Antimatter and matter, when you touch them, release energy. Is that enough? It basically turns 1% antimatter? That'll Whatever. Take out some, the whole, some small Some small enough. percent is
2: yeah. what you're saying. But it certainly... So, so why not just have an antimatter torpedo? Yeah. So then you can blow up a planet. It, why, why, why are you telling me? You well, it,
0: it still t- takes a huge amount of antimatter. I mean, the amount of antimatter we've made in the past oh, few
2: decades. So, 10% but, of the mass of the planet is still yes. huge.
0: Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but, but you okay. can calculate that, and, mm-hmm. and it, it's still a huge amount. Planets are extremely dense objects that
2: want to stay together. Did you tell me? Did I hear you write that you tweet about the Death Star? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's, Have you been checked out? <laughs> Do you know how many people
0: want to read tweets about the Death Star? If uh, I recall, maybe I don't want to know. So you're tweeting
2: at, at the Bad Astronomer. At Bad Astronomer, yeah, Bad Astronomer. Yeah. And so tell me one of your more popular Death Star tweets.
0: Well, in this case, I just said, because I, I do a, a daily fact, a, a BA fact, a Bad Astronomy fact. And today was uh, in honor of Comic-Con. And I just said, basically, don't tell Darth Vader, but the Death Star cannot blow up a planet. And that link to... A, an article I wrote where I do the calculation. Article shows show how blogs. that works. Uh, in fact, this was written on the sci fi channel portal called uh, Blaster. So you get but around. I do, yeah, I
2: write. Okay. On so, my blog, we, I, gotta you love know. your blog. The blog's got a huge following. This is, uh, this is okay. Bad Astronomer blog. This is on coming Discover. from you. You have a huge no, following. No, no, no but, still, but I'm a, not writing. I don't. got a decent following. No, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Discover. Discover Magazine. Discover Magazine. Bad in Astronomy their, blog. There's a Bad Astronomy blog in their blogs, Blogosphere. Yeah. Right, right, okay.
0: So they have a series, we have a series of blogs uh, that do, there's a cosmology blog, and there's one about current events and that sort of thing, and I do the astronomy uh, okay. one. Okay. But they let me write about whatever the heck I want. Uh, and in this case, I did write That's an article. That's a good gig. You got to oh, yeah. admit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And as okay. a matter of fact, that, that was part, it was almost in my contract. I said, you know, I'm going to write about Doctor Who. And they're like, absolutely, okay. write about Doctor Who. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, so you know you can do you can do these calculations and it's a lot of fun. I mean you
2: must play with numbers in your head. Yeah, but I just was never attracted to Star Wars to do the calculations. I am try to more get of a Star a Trek guy. Real. Yeah. You know I try to be a little more real than the fantasies of Star Wars if I'm going to put a calculation out there for the public.
0: Right. I mean yeah you can you can call Star Wars space opera. Calling it science fiction may be a stretch, but it depends on how you define things. I don't want to get into the whole fan war kind of thing. But, you know, if you're going to establish something, the Death Star can blow up a planet, the Enterprise can move faster than light, we can beam people from point A to point B, there is some math you can do with that. And I know you, and I know that you studied the same things I did when you were in grad school, and it's fun to play with that math. It is fun. It's definitely
2: fun. I just need... The funness still, to me, has to have Some connection to what could happen or might happen. That's all. I feel the same way, yeah. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. good. So, what else in Star Wars got you? You know, I think
0: the hair bun muffin (laughs) earmuff technology that was very advanced for this being so long ago (laughs) and so far (laughs) away.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're earmuffs.
0: Nailed him. (laughs) They're earmuffs. And and you know, they're headphones you can get like that. And
2: you can buy these things. You can see people walking around with them. It's awesome. Okay, so that's something we think the future will never bring. Probably not. No. Well, when we come back in our next segment, I'm here with my special guest, Phil Plate. We're both here in San Diego. I'm overwhelmed. I'm a newbie here <laughs> at Comic-Con, and I'm a bit overwhelmed. This is what Comic-Con for you?
0: You're in my territory now, baby. Stop. This I, is my fourth or fifth. I yeah, am unworthy.
2: Really? <laughs> so when we come back, more live from San Diego. Stay with Back at Comic Con, Star Talk. Hi, I'm your host Neil deGrasse Tyson. Star Talk. You can find us on the web, StarTalkRadio.net. Not only that, Star Talk tweets at Star Talk Radio. I tweet about stuff that just pops into my head at Neil Tyson. And there's a Twitter dude right here as well. My friend and colleague, the Bad Astronomer. Phil, play Phil. Thanks for being on Star Talk. I've been known to tweet. I know. Thanks for having me you're on. Tw- again. You, in fact, you up to like twenty thousand tweets or something. Yeah, over, I know. You're just out there.
0: You have a lot more followers than I do, when you gain followers faster than I do. You got a lot to learn about tweeting per day, my friend. <laughs> when you get up to twenty or thirty per day. Per day. All right. I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take oh, lessons yeah. from you later. Yeah.
2: So we're just riffing on gadgets. Earlier we had Baba. Baba buoy. Bowie, talking Bowie. about gadgets he's reviewed, and we took this into the future. So, we're in the future now. The real or imagined future of gadgets. Let's talk about Doctor Who. Doctor Who. He's got a sonic screwdriver. screwdriver. Love that Who shot. doesn't want a sonic screwdriver?
0: I do not understand the sonic screwdriver.
2: I know, well, what I like about it is it does anything he needs it to do. Yeah. Open a door. It's unlock, literally
0: a plot device.
2: Uh, unlock <laughs> a window. I mean, I wonder if he walked by a cash machine. With me. Yeah, right. Oh, they've
0: done that. Yeah, he's done. They did that in one episode in a, in a Christmas special to get cash out of an ATM. That, yeah. That's
2: wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Whose cash was it?
0: Uh, it's insured.
2: Uh. See, now the <laughs> thing is, you know,
0: that makes sense to me. You can encode stuff into a sonic wave maybe, and it will it's Gallifreyan
2: technology. In fact, it might not even have to be sonic. I mean, when that first came out, sonic was, they weren't yeah. thinking microwaves, right? Well, they the, also do the, talk Dr. about Who, a laser screwdriver in a couple of episodes. The, the Doctor Who franchise goes back to, what, the 60s? 1963. Fine, yeah. okay. So that's, back then, they're not thinking microwave transmissions.
0: I know a lot about Doctor Who, apparently. Um, I've been watching the show since I was a kid, and I love the new stuff and everything. Okay. But what, you know what kills me, though? So is you it, made the transition without pain. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. I love I, I love all a much the higher movie. budget shows now oh, that they're yeah. putting on. And yeah.
0: the, but the writing is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. And the thing that gets me is, you know, opening a door and all that kind of stuff, I'll believe that. You can manipulate things with sound waves. The thing is, he'll scan somebody and he'll look at it. And I'm thinking, it's just a green light. What's he seeing in there? <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there's other things like uh, psychic paper, where he'll flip open this, this thing that looks like an ID badge and it's a blank piece of paper. And you will see what you want to see on it. And so it'll say, "I'm the Inspector General for the, you know, the Planetary Defense." System in the language or whatever, whatever it is. That yeah, yeah. It,
2: so, is he affecting the mind of the person who he's showing the badge? Ooh, I don't I don't think they've ever explained it. I think it just it reads the mind and will find what. Oh, it so needs. it is. It is yeah. pulling out yeah. of the head because the person obviously knows what they need to look for. Yeah, exactly. In great detail. And I, when they first
0: used that as a plot device to get past the guard, I was just, I was dying. I thought that is so funny. So you don't need the Force? No, no. This is not the TARDIS you're looking for. <laughs>
2: Yes. <laughs> the TARDIS you're looking for mm-hmm.
0: is elsewhere, right? And, and the great tech of Doctor TARDIS Who is, is, is the TARDIS. TARDIS is an acronym. It's for Time and Relative Dimensions in Space, which is like, totally made it's up. A it's a just a cool twist. sound, right? Okay. But it's a spaceship and a time machine, right? So, but it, it, it also can change its shape. But it's, it's stuck in the shape of a 1960s police box where people call could... Call box, yeah. yeah call box where people could go in and close the door and call the police and be safe from whatever's going on outside. Uh, But it's an iconic shape now. The idea of it, you know, being bigger on the inside than the outside,
2: I love that. So it it has access to a fourth dimension. Or some Some extra
0: dimension, dimension. yeah. Yeah. And they actually explain it in one episode in a brilliant scene where he he puts something on a a, a pedestal and then he walks ten feet away and says, which one is bigger? And the person says, well, the one in the foreground. And he says, that's right, it looks bigger. Now imagine I can keep it looking bigger but put it back over there. And that's that's how the TARDIS works. Oh! And I was like, that's (laughs) awesome. That sounds like it makes sense. And then you go, wait a minute.
2: No, no. Wait a minute. Wait wait a
0: minute.
2: (laughs) They offered an account. Yes, (laughs) it's great.
0: And that's what I love about Doctor Who. They explain things, but you don't really gain any knowledge when you walk away from
2: it. But other than that, there's Hmm. not many gadgets. It's just he's got the TARDIS and his sonic screwdriver. Everything else is him figuring out how to save the the universe.
0: Pretty much. Right. And the the TARDIS is generally a plot device. It gets them to... 1888, or the far future, or whatever. But it's become a character on its own. In the it's show. it's a character on its own, much like the Enterprise on Star but Trek.
2: But unlike other classic franchises like James Bond or Batman mm-hmm. or others, where it's kind of all about the gadgets. Yeah, the gadgets are kind of you can't wait to see what the next gadget oh. that they're going to pull. When I was a kid,
0: yeah, out of the James Bond, belt yeah. Or out of the
2: compartment of the car. hmm So when we come back, let's talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When we come back to Star Talk. Live from San Diego Comic Con 2012. I'm here, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your host and astrophysicist. I work at the American Museum of Natural History in New York. And Phil, you write a blog. I Discover. write the uh, Bad Astronomy blog for Discover Magazine. And that is but correct. where do you work? If I were to find from you, from home. I'm a blogger. I so, work
0: from home and don't wear pants.
2: Okay, but we, he put on pants for this. <laughs> yeah, where are we? Where
0: exactly are we here? Yeah, what's the framing?
2: I may be wearing pants. <laughs> We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us.
3: You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship from a ride on the boat roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas, and Panama.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential.
2: Live at Comic-Con 2012, the bad astronomer, my friend and colleague, Phil Plait. Phil, let's talk about, in this special show on gadgets, the gadgets of James Bond. Sure. One James Bond episode, he made the car disappear.
1: Really? The car had a cloaking
2: device. I don't know if you caught that one. And I think they were just catching on to that news story where one side of an object can receive light and transmit it around Mm -hmm. the skin of the object and projected out the other side so that if you're looking your light path actually did that but you'd never think that a light path curves you think that's a straight line to your brains and eyes right so i thought that they were trying to stay ahead of things but Mm -hmm. still with a foot in reality i don't
0: even think you need to do it that way now there has been some technology where you can, you can create this device and they can be microwaves at it and the microwaves will go around this thing and come out the other side and it's as if that object doesn't even exist. You just, it, it just looks like the microwaves are coming at you from the source.
2: But you need some but, way to guide the microwaves around it. Ah, but do you? I
0: have this idea. If you had, and, and I've had this idea a long time, and it's actually, I'm seeing it implemented in some very primitive ways, but it's still really cool. It's not that you need to guide the light around, you can stop that light and say, so when you're seeing something, I see something over there. There's light coming off that surface. Yeah, so there's light coming at me, so it has a direction, right? It's coming from there, not there. So it's coming in a direction, and it has a certain color and a certain brightness. And if I can record that information, if I know the direction it came from, the color and the brightness, then I can say, oh, all I have to do is now have an emitter on the other side of me. And
2: electronically send that continual image.
0: Just and, and then I, s- I don't send that photon. I send the information to the other side. It somehow recreates it, recreates it and poof, sends it out in the other direction. Now it turns and out. Then you do it so it electronically
2: mm. communicates this information yes. out the other
0: side. And if you want to be invisible to everybody, right, you have to know where every photon is coming Ooh. from every direction Ooh, yeah. and send them back out. It turns out we don't really know how to do that. But right. you can do are- it
2: probably coherently, but not from every direction.
0: Yes. Yeah. So if I wanted to hide from you, I could know where your eyes are. I could do that. As you're looking around at me, I can. My computer could figure out where you're looking but and make that feet, part Someone invisible. two feet to
2: the side of me has got another angle. Is on still going to see Another me. angle on your light.
0: And it turns out in um, Mission Impossible movie, they had something like this. It was actually registering where a guard was looking and then projecting. In the latest one. Yes, and yes. it was it was very well done. And it was that sort of idea. Uh, and I really liked that because it was something I thought of on my own and thought, I'll make a million dollars! Except I didn't think about telling Tom Cruise a about it. A
2: million dollars! But
0: what some people are doing, and this is a really clever application of it, is they will put a camera right here and then a right monitor here in your on center, their back. In your solar yeah, plexus. Like, like right there, you know, on their stomach or whatever, the solar plexus. And then they have a monitor on their back. And so if you're standing behind somebody, and you're looking at them. What you're seeing is what the camera is seeing, projected onto the monitor. So it and looks it looks like, like they have a hole in them. <laughs> it's awesome. And the first time I saw it, I was just like, "Oh, why didn't I think of that?" It's a great costume. So you could be
2: like a zombie or something like that, and it looks like you have a hole in you. So the only difference mm. is it's only a hole if you're looking straight on. If you try to look at an angle to the other side, it's not going to get right. You're still. Do it.
0: It's like looking at a TV from the side. It doesn't work right. Yeah, yeah. But I love this idea. It's. You can imagine a way of making an object invisible to everybody.
2: And by the way, of course, what no one talks about is that there are bands of light that render most of what we interact with in a day completely transparent. So a car is transparent to radio waves, for example, Mm -hmm. largely. These walls are transparent to microwaves. Otherwise, my phone wouldn't work. So, We're at Comic-Con. Your phone doesn't work, man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the circuits are completely overrun yeah, yeah, by yeah. the population. Everybody tweeting 100,000 Everybody people, at yeah. the same time. But we forget that certain solid objects are actually transparent to mm-hmm. visible light, like glass. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't marvel. I wake up in the morning and say, Damn, I can see through this solid object. Oh, I think that's awesome. It's completely <laughs> awesome. And we just call it glass. He's always mm-hmm. just glass. But there, we, I want to see through this wall. Well, just pull out some microwaves and you'll see through the wall. Or you can put a window in it. Or put a window <laughs> <laughs> Your way's hard. Yeah. So, what else do we have? Yeah. I complained about one of the James Bonds where he had a fountain pen, and Q said it had an extremely strong magnet at its tip. Mm-hmm. And he might use it for any number of things. So, someone shoots a bullet at him. And he deflects the bullet with the magnet on his pen. It's like, no. What's the bullet made of? Lead. Yeah. yeah or a, whatever. 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 It's not something magnetic. Maybe it was copper. No, copper only conducts. It's not magnetic. You're
0: again. not going yeah. there. Nickel?
2: You're trying to, try to bail them out. This Just thing? say they messed yeah. up.
0: Just say it. Oh, I'll be happy to say that they messed up. Yeah, it could be a nickel bullet. A nickel bullet could do it. Yeah, and and momentum is an issue as well. I mean, if you're trying to push a bullet to the side, I guess if you're pushing it to the side...
2: Yeah, it's a deflection. You're not stopping it. Yeah, Yeah, if you try to
0: stop it, that would blow its hand off. But if you're just trying to push it to the side, yeah, it's not... That's right, because... Oh, no, it is... Yeah, because that bullet is moving so quickly, you have to apply a huge force to the side. To be able to move it from here to here in, in that, the time, in the amount that, of time, in the time. So it's still he's still that he would, still has to that actually, would be like getting punched in the face.
2: Right? By this thing. Yeah, that won't work. Right? He can't that just hold work. the magnet and have the magnet do its work. He's got to be yeah. behind the magnet. Yeah, and you have to really. That's the same yeah, problem yeah. when they show people firing heavy machine guns and not showing them recoil. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. you need the, the physics still has to work, which is what Terminator got right. Because when they shot the Terminator, everybody felt the recoil of these bu- of these mm. bullets of the shot. that was working.
3: Yeah.
2: So Phil, we got to wrap up. Thanks for being Aww. on Star Talk. I, I love
0: know. doing this. It happens
2: so quickly. Yeah, it always happens. We both talked too much. I know. talk too. I'll get you back <laughs> on. It's been great to <laughs> have you. You've been listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host Neil deGrasse Tyson. We're funded in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Signing off from San Diego, as always.
1: Keep looking up.